Well, good morning, GM, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Contra Mundum. I am here, uh, Pastor Andrew with uh, CJ Engel. Uh, I am live in a secret location somewhere in Idaho. Uh, I'm on the same time zone with CJ, so this has been nice that we don't have to coordinate schedules as, as uh, we often do. Uh, it's, it's morning for both of us here. So GM, CJ, how are you? Good morning. Isn't it nice to be on Pacific time? It's the best time. It is the best time zone. <laughs> no, I'm missing central time, man. <laughs> it's not too early. It's not too late. It's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, wizard, you should, you should have told me you were coming over. I could have driven up. It's only like 10 hours. Yeah, you could have brought me the Greco gum that you promised it's, me like eight months ago. <laughs> it's somewhere It's somewhere in the in the mail. In the... I don't know. <laughs> Some postal worker is chewing on it. He's got really, uh, you know, set jaws right now. So massive jaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, what's new, CJ? Have you been up to anything? Uh, anything interesting? Anything going on? My Twitter fast has been really productive. I've uh, finally been able to write some more. I um, I kind of miss it though, but I'm also enjoying the time away from chaos so i don't even know what's going on in the world i have no idea if something happened if there's been uh you know if if gaza has been wiped out or if the third temple has been rebuilt i have no idea what's going on it could have happened if you have no idea yeah i um uh i should i should tell everyone that cj you know message me messages me every once in a while like what's, I, what's going on on twitter i need to know what's happening yeah tell me <laughs> and i'm like oh, yeah, it's just, no. yeah. <laughs> same old but, yeah, but you know, anybody, anytime someone references me, you send me screenshots. So I'm I'm keeping track. You can't talk behind my back. Yeah. I, I will get my revenge. You've got a list. Right? I got a list. Yes, <laughs> that's right. In this life or the next. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, it it actually there's been a lot that has taken place. I mean, there was apparently a Republican debate of, of all the losers, and uh-huh. I, I saw some like clips and things. Uh, did you see the? I saw the vex. Um, yeah. When he when he when he uh when he called out the moderator, so I've I've yeah. I've had my I've had my like um, I'm hesitant about Vivek, but man, I wish Republicans talked like that more often because he is incredibly articulate and incredibly aggressive, yeah. and he takes the offensive mm-hmm. on every debate. So uh, it's always enjoyable to watch him. I wish we had more of it. I wish we had someone, you know, I, I wish we had someone uh, a heritage American that that was as passionate about you know our our people. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you, did you see the, uh, I've got two people on, on, on either, I got a person on either side of me in three heels oh. <laughs> and he's talking yeah. about Nikki Haley. Yeah. <laughs> and did you, uh, Nikki Haley's response? Uh, did you hear? No, I didn't see the response. Was it, what did she say? She said something like I wear high heels for the ammunition or something. <laughs> it's like, what is, what is that? You, you, you carry nine millimeter in there? What's going on, lady? She's uh, trying to be funny. She just needs to delete her candidacy. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's really bad. Um, but yeah, that that's that has happened. Um, you know, there hasn't been. Uh, I mean, apparently there is uh, maybe is going to be a, a second Spanish Civil War. I don't know if you if you followed that at all. Uh, no. Is it? Nothing ever happens, though. So no, nothing ever happens. But um, no, I mean, this uh, the, like the happening, right happening, 
The happening doubters have been right on Israel-Gaza. Every time, I know. Um, but the uh, a um, right-wing Spanish opposition leader was... Oh, shot. I did see that. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Like, like, did he die? Things... I don't know if he like he was in, in he was probably going to die. I uh, saw that. Was, yeah, I know. saw that. Dude shot in the head. Yeah, yeah, I, I did see that. That's crazy. It was for the box so, party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so there's like mass civil unrest in the in the, the Vox party is better than the German AFD, I think, right? Because the German AFD I, I is kind so, of like. Yeah. It's kind of like a Trump version, and they call it like far right because that's yeah. what they call everything. But I think the Vox is kind of legit. Yeah, yeah, it's well, I think it's it's much more rooted in like traditional Catholicism, is, right? Is my understanding, um, right? And so, whereas the AFD has like a lesbian president, yeah, yeah, or, or right, 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 party chair. <laughs> right. Like, uh, so you're you're right. It's much more like mega America. Uh, yeah. the AFD is than, right. than Vox, but. Um, but that, that's something to, you know, a situation to monitor, uh, too. I mean, there's uh -huh. not, there's not, uh, it, it's hard to know exactly what's going on and where it's going to go. Probably, probably nowhere. Uh, but you never know. Yeah. You never know. Um, so yeah, there, there's a number of things we want to talk about uh, this morning. Uh, I, uh, I'm busy, uh, CJ probably didn't even know I've been busy. I've been, uh, here in Idaho. And so uh, I got to, of course, I know. Do some video. Yeah, <laughs> I got to do some video uh, this week. I got to uh, have a fun time hanging out with uh, Pastor Doug. So that was that was pretty cool. We got to we got to discuss things and and argue a bit and and uh, you know those are uh, you know those are very important diplomatic endeavors that you're doing. I think. Uh, what? Yeah, I I love Doug, and so on. I, I want him to agree with me, <laughs> you know, um, I want him to be right. Um, so anyway, yeah, we had, we had a good conversation, uh, this week and uh, that's on, on YouTube on, on Canon. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and so you, you said you watched some of it. You got parts of, uh, the discussion with Pastor Doug. I watched clips. Yeah. I, um, I, I never, I, I has a, have a hard time getting through an entire hour long video. So. I watched pieces of it though, yeah. but I watched, uh, and it was live, and it was a bad time for me. But I watched, um, you know, you guys were talking about, you know, the 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 trends of anti-Semitism and the Jewish question, which is really, you know, courageous of Doug to to take on and have a honest conversation yeah. about what's happening because, um, you know, people are asking questions and people online are uh, becoming more radicalized, and there's a very there's a variety of reasons uh, for that, and uh, I think I think understanding where people are coming from is an important aspect of, um, you know, persuading them in, in whatever direction that, you know, people are interested in taking them. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I'm, I'm very glad that Doug uh, engaged. You know, he's, he is <clears throat> uh, willing to, you know, have these kind of conversations, right. Willing mm -hmm. to go anywhere. Um, and so that is, and, and so there are a lot of people that want to be critical of him because he doesn't have, you know, this view like you and I would have. Um, and, and I think that's a mistake by a lot of our guys, because even, I mean, could you imagine him broaching him or anybody broaching that subject five, six, seven years ago? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and it, it, it's something that I think, you know, obviously a lot of 
uh, the younger guys um, are aware of of many things that previous generations got um, and were trained to not not even ever think about. Um, and uh, the the fact that the Overton window shifted and that that this is actually a topic of conversation that that more people are willing to entertain is is really good. Um, so so I'm, I, you know, so it's not it's not even. Yeah, it's not even just about like agreeing with uh, people who take certain views. You know, I think there's a spectrum of views. Mm-hmm. I have my own opinions that are probably not as hardline as others. But I think that mm-hmm. um, what's important is not just dim- dismissing people outright. I think I think yeah. that that we need to take people seriously because they are mm-hmm. our people. They are they're people that um, we are should be in community with and should be fighting alongside. Yeah. Uh, and just dismissing them all is is really like a regime tactic. And I think that Doug. Yeah. Uh, you know, D- Doug's greatest um, strength is not just dismissing people with the same phrases and the same rhetoric, rhetorical framing as the regime would use, mm-hmm. uh, which is what people like we're going to talk about in this uh, mere orthodoxy article. Yeah. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> it's related. Yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely is. And so you, that that's the thing. Like, you, you're able to have an actual good faith discussion about mm-hmm. these things and, and engage it on, on the merits and actually think through these ideas think through what's actually happening um i mean and, and some of it is the context of like i just written a book about you know israel and, and judaism and, and things like this and um i i haven't read it yet and so i'm very interested in what he has to say because it, it isn't it, you, it isn't i think probably what people think yeah you, you, oh, you it, it, what is the who is it and what what book is it uh doug's writing a book or publishing oh. a book i think it just came out yesterday um that uh, on on is on you know the Israeli state and oh, okay. you know Israel and the Old Testament and and you know Judaism and anti-Semitism and, and so forth. So he and I think he probably has some stuff to say that is you know heterodox to the um your prevailing cultural regime. Uh, I mean, it w- it's maybe not as heterodox as, as what you and I would say, um, but. It, it at least is easily saying some things and, and, and talking through the things out loud, right? And, and so I think that's a that's way better than virtually anybody else at, at his at his level, right? Mm-hmm. That, that has his influence within, within the church and within evangelicalism. So I I I I I try to be patient with people. I don't think that um that people are going to change radically change their thinking about things over, particularly when it's all but illegal to, to think, to go down these roads uh, and think about these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I thought I, it was, I thought it was a great discussion. Um, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's the start of more. Like it felt like one hour was not enough. Time. I mean, we just kind of dipped our toes in mm-hmm. these things. Um, and it's, but I'd like to be able to, even just get into like the biblical exegesis a lot more uh, like that could have been an entire hour discussion, but uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe down the road that's where we'll, that's where we'll go. But yeah. uh, you wanted to discuss the, um, you know, the Jake, uh, the Jake Medor article. Um, so my, my internet's not great. I'm kind of glitchy. So um, you, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and read some of it for the listeners? Yeah, I will. So uh, I'm not going to read the extended quotes. I don't think, but we'll see, we'll see when I get there. So um yeah, Jake Medor, 
wrote an article at Mere Orthodoxy called Creating Conceptual Clarity Around Christian Nationalism. So uh, this is important because he he recognizes there in the beginning that uh, it's not going away. It's, it's only becoming bigger. And so people that are less on the right uh, or not even on the right uh, need to deal with it. And he recognizes that. And that's good. We're making, you know, we're making headway. Um, so let's let's get into it. So he says, in the past, we published works here at Mir O, arguing that Christian nationalism is a useless term because it means everything and nothing at the same time. And he says, here is Miles Smith making that case last year. Uh, Christian national. So Miles says, Christian nationalism is not uh, being rendered as a continuity of the Reformation by its detractors or its champions. <laughs> Whatever historic. Uh, usefulness the term might have is not being used so it leads me to ask the question of who is using it increasingly it is being used by populist evangelicals to denote any christian political involvement this seems to me so broad as to be entirely useless donald trump's administration and conservatives on the supreme court and right to life and soup kitchens run by urban catholic churches and a very anti-lottery presbyterian church cannot all be christian nationalism if the term is to have any substantive meaning so uh, I actually I've, I've talked about this myself, um, that there is there is a reality of it being adopted by everybody because uh, less and less people are being fulfilled by the promises of secular liberalism or secular modernity or whatever. So uh, I did recognize that a lot of people were going to come into this phrase um, and it was going to be essentially meetings. So I think that's that's fine. I don't think, I don't really have any problem with that aspect of things. Um, and then he says, whatever useful or says, the term has become even more specious when used by Baptists. This is not a criticism of historic Baptist beliefs regarding the civil order, which have remained admirably, admirably consistent in their commitment to religious liberty and religious disestablishment. But the fact remains that there is not and has never been any substantive establishmentarian tradition within the Baptist tradition. To suggest that Baptists could be the Christian nationalist is then to move the term away from any potential Reformation era uh, connection and turn it essentially into a uh, synonym for a sort of Americanist, Calvinist, Baptist folk religion used almost exclusively for actuating uh, political policy. If, <clears throat> if this is what Christian nationalism is, then progressive evangelical critics of Christian nationalism are correct in their criticism of the term. Whatever usefulness the term Christian nationalism might have historically through its connections to Protestant political theology is primary, uh, its primary use today by both its detractors and its proponents bears little, if any, relation to the historic usage. Um, so the funny thing, first of all, I don't, I don't think we need an, a strict definition of it. I think, I think all that will do is chase the same trend of being like, Endlessly divisive and endlessly schismatic. Yep. Purity spiraling. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't think there's any need. In fact, I don't. I think one of the problems that we have just as uh, 20th century Americans is that we're so specific about our blueprint and exactly how things need to be set up in some ideal universe. And I don't think that's the way to approach political mm -hmm. theology. I think Christian nationalism is best thought of as. Uh, a string of tendencies or a string of instincts or a string of, um, mm. of you know, approach to history, approach to modernity. I think it's more of a general thing. So I don't, I don't think we need to bog it down and nail it because what happens when we do that is we lose our momentum. The very fact that it yeah. is, it, it can be used by, by different interest groups coming together to oppose secularism and progressivism in the far left, I think is actually why it's becoming bigger. 
And I think these people yeah. want to pin it down. They want to pin it down. They want to put it on a billboard so they can either, you know, ritualistically denounce it or, um, you know, create a sense of, uh, you know, where, where their own enemies are, which include us. So I think keeping it general in the, in the realm of demeanor and instincts is actually very healthy for us, for the movement and for the, for the term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, yeah, uh, you, you're, you're exactly right, CJ, as always. Really right. Um, no, I, I think that it, it is if you make these very clear, careful um, definitions of what it is, it's going to be much more exclusionary and it'll divide itself up. I'm a, I'm a Presbyterian Christian nationalist, not like right. one of these Baptist ones, you know, and, and then um, and, and it, it just it dies. Whereas it's 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 much more obviously. American Christians who are opposed to the regime and who want uh, a, a reinvigorated Christian America, mm -hmm. right? They, they, they want the, the heritage of Christian America to be restored, right? That's the, in a general sense. And there's all sorts of different thinking about how to go about that, what direction to take. I mean, some of it, I think thinking about it is like, we don't have political power. That's that's the thing. You, I saw like after Tuesday, there were all sorts of guys who were like, "How many elections of Christian nationalists won? Like, what what are they going to win anything? I don't care about Christian nationalism until they actually accomplish something." And it's like that that take is really stupid. And I I've I've seen people say that, and it makes me lose a lot of respect for them and like their, their thinking because it's like the goal is not to like have this electoral majority and, and try to produce what we want to uh, Christian America uh, through the ballot box, right? Yeah. That's, that's not going to happen. That's, that's foolish. Mm -hmm. um, and like you look at Ohio, right? A red state that overwhelmingly votes to uh, enshrine, you know, baby murder in its constitution this last election, because America's not there. They're not ready for it anymore. They're not ready to baby murder any more than they're ready to have like Sabbath laws. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all these things we have to think about in terms of like a conceptual framework. Right. Right. What would it look like what, when we have political power? All right. So you set your eye on the goal and then you backtrack to, okay, how do we get from where we are today? No political power at all to that. Mm -hmm. Right. What steps do you have to take? What direction do you go? It's not a question of, oh, here's the blueprint to win elections. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's stupid. Um, mm -hmm. It's more and it, it's more so about um, retraining the mind of Christian Americans to right. think within this framework, rather than think within. Well, you know, we're in this secular liberal society, and that's just the way it is. Um, and we'll we'll try to have you know moral Christian candidates, you know, in the GOP, and that, that'll make things better. Like to project that whole kind of thinking and think. No, uh, we we want a Christian America one day, um, yeah. and so yeah, that's that's more so you know the way I think about it. I think you do too. Yeah. So let me keep going, but first let me address. You know, one of the commenters said uh, that it's laggy. That's because uh, Andrew is in hotel Wi-Fi, and so whenever yeah, he's we need... <laughs> sorry, Andrew. I'm not going to talk as much. <laughs> Welcome. It's be all CJ all the time today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll keep reading. So. Um, uh, we already disagree with with what he says here, but he says that being said, so Jake, this is Jake. Back to Jake. That being said, the term isn't going away, 
so it seems prudent to try and establish one particular definition. In that spirit, this essay is going to define how we use the term at Mira Orthodoxy. When we speak about Christian nationalism, we are referring very specifically to how the concept has been used and defined by Stephen Wolfe, Andrew Torba, and Andrew Isker in their respective books, The Case for Christian Nationalism, which is Wolfe's book, and Christian Nationalism, A Biblical Guide for Taking Dominion and Discipling Nations, which is Torba and Isker's book. And he says you can throw in the Boniface option as well. So congratulations. Uh, okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So Christian nationalism then refers to a specific political project that views the dominant ethnicity in a nation as the source of that nation's culture and communal life and views the state's responsibility as being the protection of that common ethnic uh, ethnically constituted community and culture. It is for these reasons, oppo uh, opposed to propositional nationhood, for example, um, oh, I don't think that's a complete sentence, but yeah, it is for those reasons it is opposed to propositional nation yeah which i agree with okay i, I agree i don't think you can get yeah. away from the ethnic aspect of things i'm not an ethnic uh essentialist where someone has to be of a certain ethnicity to have uh you know a, a full standing in society so i'm not an essentialist but i don't think you can yeah. get away i don't think you can separate it completely i think there are relations coincidences and correspondences there that we need to talk about um okay yeah, absolutely Additionally, Wolf's views on race, religion, and immigration, as well as his objections to the Civil Rights Act, are downstream from this conception of the nation. By the way, I, adding the Civil Rights Act in there is hilarious because anyone from a, a progressive to like a traditionalist to a constitutionalist to a libertarian, all of these people before the 1960s had a variety of different objections to the Civil Rights Act. I mean, there's a lot of progressive like FDR acolyte, uh, you know, acolytes or disciples that were opposed to it just on the basis of its uh, use in transforming the administrative state. They thought that it would be um, harmful toward their own uh, left-wing objectives to, to, to centralize all the power within the bureaucracy. So the idea that he's throwing the civil rights in there, act in there is hilarious because what it's doing is, it's, is um, he's committing himself to the post-war liberal consensus, which is hilarious because he's trying to be like the radical orthodoxy guy. Jake Meter's like, you know, a distant from liberalism, but you can't yeah. find, you can't find a piece of legislation that's more fundamental for liberalism than the civil rights act. So yeah, I know it's I mean, comical, man. It is. It's comical. It, it, he's, he's exposing himself as a, a, a liberal, a post-war American consensus liberal. Because it was not the view of various progressives, various leftists, even various Marxists, to use the Civil Rights Act, um, you know, for its, you know, for the uh, for the sake of its own vision. So a lot of progressives dissented from it, mm -hmm. but Jake Medor is there to endorse it. So of course, so yeah, so so too are Isker's objections to the Civil Rights Act, his dismissiveness of the Emmett Till murder, and the broader racial views. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. That's that's funny. That's funny because it, that whole controversy was like entirely a meme controversy. <laughs> I know? know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like come on, man. Like yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. You get in trouble for having fun. So. All right. Yeah. Oh. And the broader racial views of Wolf's podcast co-host, right? So you have to bring up a Thomas Acord. That's uh part of the liturgy here. Yeah. And yeah. the immigration views of Isker's co-host. Oh, that must be me. I didn't even read this one. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. You're bad. Yeah. Oh, he didn't. Um, 
Oh, that's funny. This this link is uh is dead. I want to see what it is though. That's funny. My my uh my my link is is not working. He must have put a bad link in there. Anyways, so yeah, he's he's got problems with my immigration views. So my immigration views are entirely the mainstream from like forty years ago. So whatever. I'm sorry, I'm not on board with you know the, the liberal consensus like Jake is. All right. Yeah, infinity immigration. Oh, yeah, yeah. In my view, in Jake's view, we should not be thinking of the definition offered by Perry and Whitehead in their work on the topic, even if their definition has the benefit of being rooted in survey data. I do one of, one of the things I do appreciate, by the way, about this article is he is allowing us to um, define it ourselves, to use it ourselves, and he's not trying to um, to what's the word like water it down. I think that that I think yeah. that's um, you know good on Jake for allowing us to have our term. You know, it's our term. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna use it for our own purposes. So you know that's that's that, yeah. that's fair. That's a fair debating tactic. I I have this you know um, when other people water down uh, my own phrases, I I do uh, get frustrated with that. So it is good of him to do this, um, uh, even though it's hilarious and there's lots of irony in here. The difficulty yeah, for them oh, yeah. is simply is simply the fact that their definition of Christian nationalism is so impossibly broad. That it ends up meaning everything and nothing all at once. On their account, the black, this, which is also funny because he said he wanted the wolf's definition and your definition, which are distinct, but basically in the same camp. But he says it's so broad that it can mean everything and nothing at once. Uh, that's a contradiction here. Do we get our term or does it mean nothing? Um, on yeah, their account, exactly. on their account, the black church, most Pentecostal, some Baptists, many mere O writers and many people at the Davenant Institute and Wolf Torba and Isker are all Christian nationalists. Indeed, if you dig into their survey data, you'll find that black folks are actually more likely to be Christian nationalists than white folks, as Neil Shevney, uh, Shenvey noted some time ago. I'm going to skip his quote, but um, yeah, that's true. That's one of the things that's hilarious about all this is um, non-whites have a sense of uh, community within their own groupings that whites are not allowed to have and that we've been trained not to have. So, um, yeah, I think that's worth talking about too, is, is other yeah. people are allowed to have group instincts, but, but we're apparently not. No. Okay. So the reality is especially jarring if you have the Perry Whitehead definition of Christian nationalism in your head and then read what Stephen Wolf says about black people in America, people who are theoretically his political allies on the Perry Whitehead schema. So on one account, black folks are broadly supportive of Christian nationalism. On another account, and this is the account of the author of the most popular book arguing for Christian nationalism, Christian nationalism in America would mean increasing restraints on the freedom of black people as a means of controlling the anarchic element that threatens the communal lives of what Isker's podcast host calls heritage Americans. That's me. So, um, so the restraints on the freedom of black people is interesting um, because I think one of the one of the components of twentieth century is that Wolf? Did Wolf did Wolf say that or who's he, he who's he quoting when he he well the, that's the funny thing is he's not quoting anybody. There's no link to it. Oh, so, really? but yeah, quote. yeah. Well, it's uh, okay. the anarchic element is in quotes um, mm -hmm. that threatens the communal lives. Okay, so yeah, so increasing restraints on the freedom of black people. The funny thing about this is there's this tendency in uh, you know 20th century political commentary to define um, you know new government regulations about how we operate as 
the definition of freedom, freedom. right? Right. Freedom. So if yeah. if if trans people are allowed now to have their um, relationships be deemed uh, marriage, that's a freedom that they have. So yeah. in 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 issuing a uh, a definition of marriage that um, you know excludes those relationships, that's a loss of freedom. That's one of those historic. Yeah. That's one of those rhetorical advantages that the left has, and it always plays into. Yeah. Is anytime you adjust the law, the effects that it has on people is called you know taking away their freedom, take you know putting them back into yeah. slavery. It's like they can use that yeah, rhetoric. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been set up for them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting that that you know. So I don't I don't think of although you know so I. Yeah, I don't. I don't think of myself really as you know limiting their freedoms. Although I do think that there are ways of using, uh, of defining things in political categories, um, and I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's legitimate to call political definitions, um, you know, the grounding of of things like freedom. Um, so that's that's just the the liberal you know rhetoric at, at play there. So, but yeah, uh, I I do think that um, heritage Americans and their way of life is under threat. And it has uh, not only is it under threat, but it's been undermined and, um, you know, basically torn apart uh, over the course of the last hundred years. It's perhaps, so he says, it's perhaps worth noting that why Wolf most commonly uses Western to describe similar cultural block, his review of my second book demonstrates that by Western, Wolf means white, because he argues in it uh, that my critique of white Americans makes me uh, a despiser of Western culture. Yeah, this is one of those things because we 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 look we see uh, you know ethnic relation to our culture. I don't think you can get away from that. And um, of course, people like Midor and other uh, you know liberal consensus folks don't like to bring in ethnicity at all. So, no, never. Uh, yeah. All right. Let me see. Uh, this incidentally is also why I think it's worth noting that many conservative Christians who support cultural Christianity or Christendom, someone like Doug Wilson, for example, is not a Christian nationalist in this sense of the term. I actually agree with him here, um, but you know, I, I don't think that Wilson's uh, understand uh, definition, his paradigm, his instincts, or his end goals are um, exactly the same as Stephen Wolf's book. I think Wilson is slightly different than that, but this is also why we have phrases like no enemies to the right. And it's also why I encourage mm -hmm. broad conceptions of our co-belligerence because I don't, I think it's ridiculous yeah. to exclude Wilson from an overall uh, instinct. Mm -hmm. I think that's ridiculous, but yeah, I, I do think that Wilson's flavor of things is different, uh, but there's no reason that differences can't work together at all. You know, that that's, yeah. that's, yeah. Exactly. that's so Fact, and it's also funny because people like Wilson or people like Midor would be highly critical of like the the evangelical tendency to divide people and groups into oblivion, right? So we can have no unity yeah. at all. Um, so yeah. I I would like to use that same spirit to say that Wilson is welcome. To, I even have a lot of similarities with the Davenant folks. I think in general yeah. their instincts, although you know their their commentary on on headline news, I think is ridiculous. But their overall thrust of things, I think, are are workable. And there's some people within Davenant yeah. who I'm extremely friendly toward. I've learned from, and I know they learn from me. So, I yeah. that's why I have a I have a um, my instinct is toward broad definitions and and broad uh, mm -hmm. things. But yeah, Wilson is not the same as Wolf for sure. All right. Wilson yeah. still is uh, Wilson is still willing to plainly condemn racist and anti-Semitic speech, and is still a relative liberal as well as being basically libertarian. That's, I think that's true. Uh, I also don't have a problem with that, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah. that that puts him sharply at odds 
with Wolf, Torba, and Isker, who are very much not liberals. I think I think what what's going on here is I think Wolf, Torba, and Isker, and me are more aware of the of the um, some of the broader critiques of liberalism than than uh, Wilson is, yeah. and I think that's generational, uh, to be honest. So mm-hmm. Isker in particular, all right. So Andrew's getting called out specifically. <laughs> Isker in particular to have Ooh. relatively relatively strong populist instincts. Uh oh, can't have that. Which run hard against Wilson's libertarianism. Um, this is a, this is funny as someone who came from the libertarian movement because there's a really yeah. strong component of the libertarian movement that's heavily populist. Um, yeah. I think I think Wilson would fit in well with with uh, like Sam Francis and Murray Rothbard, even though uh, Wilson probably wouldn't cite Francis very option for a variety of uh, you know ethnic reasons. I think that yeah. um, the, the populism is very strong in libertarianism. Not not all libertarianism yeah. is, is cosmopolitan and Cato Institute, you know, DC friendly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, Wilson, of course, also rejects all forms of critical theory, whereas both Wolf and his co-host have been quite plain about their desire to use such tools for right wing political goals. I actually agree with Wolf here as well. I think critical theory is can be helpful in ways. The purpose of critical theory is undermining and destroying the liberal hegemony. In fact, in certain ways, I think Bidor would actually also find use for critical theory as well. In fact, you know, he he's learned from people like John Milbank, and John Milbank recognizes that um, you know liberalism is not this objective, neutral, natural view of the world, but it actually is built on a certain framework, which is which is a critical theory contribution. Critical theorists have recognized this for a long time. I think the far right, like Antonio, or not Antonio Garza, he's on the left, but like Carl Schmitt and other people have recognized that, um, you know, that they've critiqued liberalism from a similar anti-neutralist perspective, which I think comes, uh, you know, comes into coincidence with some of the contributions of critical theory. So um, I actually, I actually agree with Jake on that. I agree with Wolf on this, and I disagree with Wilson on this, who would consider, uh, um, you know, he, he would probably not touch the critical theory contributions at all. So I'll just say that for the record. I have no problem using the tools of the anti-liberals to my advantage. Uh, and I think also that Sam Francis and Paul Gottfried and other people who've uh, been in those circles have also used it to their advantage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some fellow traveler, some tr- fellow travelers amongst Christian nationalists see the sharp differences. Isker's podcast co-host recognizes it, replying to a recent thread Wilson posted by explicitly saying that he, unlike Wilson, rejects propositional nationhood. Yeah, I reject proposition. I also think that Wilson rejects propositional nationhood, but I think that he has tendencies toward a Christian version of it, uh, whereas I I don't. So Wilson will have like if if we all agree with certain Christian propositions, um, as opposed to Enlightenment propositions, we can have a national consensus. Whereas I I can't get beyond you know the cultural and ethnic uh, roots of things in a general sense. Um, so yeah, I accept yeah. that. I accept that accusation from Jake. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to get me in trouble or something. I don't know. Of course, yeah, as I long guess. as of course, as long as Wilson and others like him continue to pro- the, promote these men, like you had a conversation with Wilson, he promoted yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They they will happily allow themselves 
Andrew, are you happy? Are you happy? <laughs> so they will happily allow themselves despite their substantial differences because figures like Wilson enable the Mott and Bailey maneuver that these men use so effectively. <laughs> what, it's like, what Mott and Bailey are using, you know? Like, uh, he also like attributes nefariousness to us when, you know, as, yeah, as Wilson yeah. himself said, we're just trying to have some fun. You know, we're like, we're just enjoying yeah, ourselves. Yeah. And we also don't have like a ridiculous... Uh, you know, set of like, uh, you, you know, creeds that everyone has to agree to or they can't be part of our mo movement. We're actually the broad ones. We're the Catholic ones. Yeah. We're the ones that are willing to work with a broad variety of people who are against the left. And it's people like Midor who do not want to work with us at all. They want to m remain comfortably in the middle and in the center. So, all right. When critics highlight some of their most alarming remarks... Uh, figures like Wilson assure everyone that Christian nationalism simply means a propositional affirmation that Christ is Lord of all things, including politics. And if you like that, then you're a Christian nationalist, just like Wolf, Esker, and Torba. Um, I think Wilson does have certain tendencies in this direction. Uh, and that's what I was trying to say when I disagreed with him. I, I don't think that you can just have a propositional affirmation that Christ is Lord. I think you have to have something more rooted, something more culturally substantive. Something that's um, that's uh, that basically, um, and, and Wolf is honest about this. I'm honest about this. Um, we recognize yeah. that there are national differences. There are differences between peoples such that I would not fit in with um, like a, a French community, you know, in France yeah. and their version, their, their rendition of Christian nationalism would not suit me. I have, I don't, I mean, I look at France from the outside. Uh, I'm sympathetic to some aspects of it because it's European, but I'm not French in my culture and in my instincts and yeah. in my language and yeah. my traditions and customs and norms. I don't fit in with that. And that's okay. Like oh. other people, yeah. other people, you know, Canadians, they don't belong. No, but so, you know what I mean? So like, we, we... <laughs> well, it, it goes to the question too, uh, CJ, um, of if all 8 billion people are, are, six of the eight billion people on planet earth say christ is lord does that mean they can become americans right well, right right no no that's this yeah you're you're frozen so i'm going to interrupt you there but i'm bugging uh, out here but yeah 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 so this is actually uh, this is actually something that wolf uh you're you and you know uh torba and myself we've talked about for a while that there are cultural aspects of things that exist beyond the realm of just propositional agreement, uh, for sure. I don't know why this is supposed to be, you know, accusatory. This is actually a more historically honest and historically uh, legitimate view of the meaning of a nation and the meaning of a people. People have documented this at length. This is classic Thomas Aquinas. This is in Turretin. This is in, um, you know, a lot of the German writers uh, like Althusius and others like that too. So this is, this is standard historical, Protestant theology. I mean, there's nothing controversial about this. There's nothing innovative about this. This is pretty standard historical stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, we don't fit the mold of a liberal consensus uh, advocate like Jake does. So to sum up, if yeah. you are supportive of, if you're supportive of propositional nationhood, if you are any kind of liberal, and there are varieties of liberalism beyond David French's proceduralism, okay, if you are more positive about immigration, inclu including the Ellis Island generation, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so if you have a more nuanced attitude about globalism, or if you are not principally opposed to a more pluralistic, multi-ethnic vision of nations, 
then you should not call yourself a Christian nationalist because by Wolf, Torba, and Isker's definition, you aren't. Uh, I think that's basically true. Um, with the, would yeah. you say that's true within your definition of things? We can divide between um, you know our understanding of Christian nationalism and others that are on the anti-liberal you know side of things. Uh, while yeah, I, you I might, think so. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, you can't. You can't see me talk because I turned the camera off. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think so. I think. I mean, what he's saying there is like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, it, I mean, when I said earlier, it's it's Christians in it's American Christians that are opposed to the regime, right? That's the big like the the big broad group that that we are. Well, what is the regime? It's all those things. It's the idea that we can have this pluralistic, multi ethnic, you know. Uh, economic zone America, right? Mm -hmm. um, that that's that's part of the thing we're reacting to. So yeah, I don't I don't disagree at all. Actually, he's he's it, ironically like he's helping define these things. And obviously, his purpose is to like scare people off. Like oh, right. If you call yourself a Christian nationalist, that this is what you think, and it's like, yeah, those things are right, and yeah. and obviously it's, right. Like so, not even right. Yeah, it's not even that they're like they're right in an absolute way, but it's also like this is the his, this is the historical view. This is this is how people thought about themselves. This is how people thought about um, the concept of a people um, before uh, 20th century American intellectuals came along. So yeah, I have no problem with siding with over a thousand years of political theology over uh, you know the themes and trends of of the present day. Yeah. So. To put the matter in another way, if you want to ask better questions about the relationship between Christian doctrine and public life, or regarding the relationship between church and state, if you are critical of libertarianism or progressivism, or if you are seeking to move past the dead consensus toward a more historically rooted Christian politics, that is all excellent. You just shouldn't call that project Christian nationalism, because it will understandably be conflated with this other and much more specific far-right illiberal project. I mean... Okay, so look at people like, look at people like Orban in Hungary. Like yeah. he has been extremely explicit in his anti-libertarianism, his anti-liberalism, his anti-progressivism, and he fits in with a lot of the tendencies that we on the far right have about uh, political theology. I think Orban is a, is a model politician, a model statesman for what that would look like within the confines of a specific cultural heritage. I think Hungary represents that very well. Uh, he is very illiberal. He's not libertarianism. And he's a version of Christian nationalism within the bounds of possibility for that. So, you know, the idea that I'm going to be scared off by agreeing with someone like him, because he does represent the historical consensus on, uh, you know, a Christian-based political theology. And I have absolutely no problem with that. And I think it's hilarious that someone would work so hard to... Um, you know, oppose someone like Orban, who's basically just working for his people against the interests of the far left uh, United Nations. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's there's going to be an overlap between Christian nationalism and the the broader uh, illiberal right. Like that that there, there's going to be agreements and and mutual mutual political goals there. Of course, there yeah, is. but yeah. illiberalism is the majority historical view. Like his version yeah. of liberalism is extremely recent. And in the broad scheme of the thousands of political writers over the centuries, um, it's it's the minority view. Liberalism yeah. is new. It's unique to our time. And it's also unique to the interests of progressive America. And it's hilarious that Jake would side himself with that, um, you know, against us. So, 
He says you can call yeah. your view. You know, if if you're not if you're not with us, if you're not with Wolf, uh, Torba, and Isker, you know the the Trinity, the Devil's Trinity, or whatever. If you're not with them, um, <laughs> you can you can call yourself a cultural Christian or a Commonwealth liberal or an Augustinian liberal or something else altogether. <laughs> it's funny he's attaching himself to the liberal phrase. Um, there's a universe of, a, oh, yeah. of options beyond Reaganism, progresses progressivism and ethno-nationalism of the Christian nationalists. But if this conversation oh, is going to improve, yeah, if, if this conversation is going to improve, move in better directions, then we must begin with having some agreed upon conceptual clarity around the concept of Christian nationalism. With that established, we can finally have a conversation about Christianity and public life that doesn't just devolve into the inanities rightly identified last year by Smith. So that's the article. Uh, Andrew, do you have any immediate general thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I, I think overall it's hilarious because um, he is he's defining things. I mean, in, in some ways, really well in, mm -hmm. in in drawing out you know what what it is we actually believe. And it, obviously, the purpose is to like scare normies. Um, and and I'm, I'm like, uh, the thing is, he doesn't he doesn't argue why you know your views on immigration are wrong. Or, or any of like Stephen's uh, views are wrong. He he just lays them out like, well, of course they're wrong and bad because those are scary, bad, far right. Yeah, things. I mean, um, I mean, other other than being other than being right or wrong, like I would just appreciate someone saying, actually, yeah, they're consistent with the historical Protestant views on these things. Like, do you think any? Yes. I can't say. Can you imagine any Protestant theologian? in or, or catholic theologian for that matter any conservative in france or germany or england or spain or in any of these other western countries that would have defined their own view as being this internationalist globalist uh, like uh, tra like transcending ethnicity transcending culture nobody would have talked like that ours is the historical norm we're the ones that are re renewing and recovering uh you know the the product yeah. you know, the political theology of our forebears yeah, exactly. And I mean, and that's like Stephen's entire book, right? He's, he's drawing on historical uh, Protestant political uh, theology. And, and in fact, and let me add something freak, else. The freak out is over that, you know? Let, let me add something yeah, else too. Um, in Brad Littlejohn's review of Stephen's book, his his primary criticisms were related to Stephen Wolf's um, like solutions in the here and now. And his and Stephen Wolf's reaction to the trends of the 20th century, but but his interpretation of historical political theology, uh, according to the review, was basically, you know, basically and generally correct. So even like yeah. even people like Brad Littlejohn, whose current sentiments are probably more similar to Jake's, admit that ours, you know, has has historical connectivity to it. You know, this is not this new, yeah. innovative, unique thing that only came about because of Sam Francis in the 1990s. I mean, a yeah. lot of people who, who fairly look at that book, even those who uh, disagree with it, recognize that we have a claim to, uh, you know, historical connection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's like what you said about, like, like Davenant generally. I mean, uh, Brad is is kind of the uh, the avatar for for little or for uh Davenant largely because he's the president and founder and so forth and uh and 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 I think it's, it's funny because yeah he he gets the Protestant political theory it's his application to the current day because right 
his sympathies are much more aligned with the the regime or at least the prevailing order. I mean, you see that with his his views on uh, the Wuhan flu and and all of those things. Like he his application and it is a plot. Like to give him credit, like he's applying uh, Protestant political theory, but he uh, he has this belief that no, the the prevailing powers that be are are more or less good and pursuing order and, and things like that. Whereas we, we look at it and, and they're like, no, these people are evil and, and want to destroy civilization. And, <laughs> and so like, that's what the fundamental disagreement. It's not over the concepts at all. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised at how, um, how, you know, how he's able to, um, define these things and, and get most of it right. Um, and, and, and he kind of has well, to do it. Yeah. And it's funny, like even the outset of it, right. Oh, it's this thing. It's everything and nothing at all. And it's meaningless term and blah, blah, blah. And as Miles Smith said a year ago, it's like, well, if it's meaningless and it's just doomed and, right. and no one cares, it's, you know, you're drawing on this thing from a year ago that Miles said, and it's still going strong, right? And these they, ideas they, are, they, are actually yeah. Yeah, they're gaining they're ground. Floating. They're getting, getting, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, man, it's, no, you, you, it's it's like cope. Like, oh, this is nothing. Nobody, no, they, <laughs> they don't have a well-defined thing. And meanwhile, we're terrified of it. <laughs> meanwhile, we're this is this is what keeps us up at night, uh, thinking about these Christian nationalists like C.J. Engel. Uh, <laughs> does he even name you? He just calls you by co-host, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm the co, I'm the co-host. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this goes co-host. Uh, this is the CJ yeah. Engel show uh, with me as the the, the guest. <laughs> so get it right, get it right, Jake. I am the unnamed co-host. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, yeah. You're the I'm... Robin to my Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very disrespectful. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So the the funny. So let, let me just say this too. Like um, <laughs> personally. I'm, uh, and you and I have a different personality in some ways. Um, I'm actually a very like irenic personality. Like I can get along with anyone, and it's just funny because I actually do. Uh, like I've I've learned from Jake. I've learned from Brad. I've learned from others um, yeah. that are really critical of Wolf. Um, I've also learned from Wolf. I've learned from Torba. Like so, I I I, yeah. I am, and I'm not saying that I'm this great. You know, I'm I'm above the debates or anything. But I I can't appreciate Jake, and I don't understand. Like I mean, actually, I do understand the hostility toward uh you know people like me. Like I didn't do anything wrong. In fact, I think I've spoken to Jake once, and that like that was a couple of years ago to compliment on 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 an article or some critique of something. Um, I'm not a bad guy, you know. Like I, it's just it's funny. Yeah. That they take up this instinctive siding with regime rhetoric, regime framing, and cast us as mm-hmm. basically the undesirables, you know. But we're the like I'd be willing to work with Jake if he wasn't doxing people all the time, if he wasn't trying to ruin their yeah. lives, you know. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't spend a lot of time counter signaling these people. But it is interesting to me how uh, agitated they get um, with this rise of the illiberal right. Um, it is, it, it's curious to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have, we have a comment, uh, co-host trailer manufacturer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, next time put that in there, Jake, uh, the, the trailer Baron. 
uh, the camper baron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Like that, I mean, I, you know, you, yeah, you are more ironic than, than I am at least like dispositionally. Uh, but even, even so, like I, I've, I've said many times, like I, I appreciate Brad Littlejohn and many of the cabinet guys because they know a lot of, of things like they, they've studied the, they've done the reading. Right. And you can learn from them. And I, I tell people, yeah, read, read Brad's book on uh, Richard Hooker. Um, you know, like that's, that's what I'm um, trying to say is like, why, why is it that we're okay with learning from the people that are trying to dox us, but they can never learn anything ever from us. Like Stephen yeah. Wolf is bringing yeah. out interpretations of like political theologians from Turretin to Althusius to Junius that most people haven't heard of. There's never, I mean, actually, actually in Brad's review, there's a little, there is some appreciation, you know, Brad's a little bit yeah. you know, nicer uh, or he doesn't counter signal us as much as people like Jake. Um, so it is interesting to see though, the, the, the hostility toward us because we are always willing to learn from them. Uh, I think their views on COVID and the present regime are absolutely absurd. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't yeah. learn from them. Um, but there's just, but we're on the the big scary alt right, and so they can never learn anything from us. Uh, so that's interesting to yeah. me as well. Yeah, I, I I think I think about it that way, and and I don't know. I think the where, where things go, you know, from here is I'm I'm perfectly comfortable with the the present arrangement of you know, Christian nationalism as a, a movement. Right, the way even in 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 the sense that it's it's very broad, it isn't extremely well defined by design, and and that's okay, right? I'm right. I think it'll continue to grow, and and people will people will treat it so, somewhat of a, like a grab bag, where it's like, well, I don't necessarily agree with Stephen Wolf, but uh, because well, because I'm Baptist, but my my right. uh, views would align more with like William Wolf and and um, mm -hmm. and the SBC guys that that would. All the, or if they don't call themselves Christian nationalists, they're at least you know friendly to the the concept. Um, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me at all because people are coming from all sorts of different perspectives, and mm -hmm. and well, and at the end of the day, they share the same vision and goal. They understand who yeah. the enemy is and what we're fighting. Um, whereas you know Jake Medor and Davenant and all of these people, they don't have any enemies. Right. They don't view they don't view these. Oh, the friend enemy distinction. That's terrible. How could you right. think about that's, that way? That's you know? my yeah, that's my rule from last the, time is if you whoever yes, denies the friend yeah. enemy distinction is always on the side of the enemy. Yeah, they're on the side of the enemy. That, that means you are their enemy. Right. That's that's what it means. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and that's that's just it. Like they they have made us their enemy. And what we don't want to be we don't we don't want to attack them and fight them at all. Um, yeah. And, and That's so, interesting too. Like you bring up, you bring up the like the SBC Baptists and stuff. But like when I think of the Congregationalists and the people that were most opposed to like a Presbyterian, like the Westminster Confession and its political theology, or like the the Conformists and the Anglicans. Mm -hmm. So when I think of people like Nehemiah Cox or John Owen or some of these Congregationalists that just wanted zero state establishment of of a church, um, none of them, all of them, would have been talking against secular liberalism. Like all of them yeah. would have been, all of them would have put boundaries on the meat. Like they, they never would have conceived of this completely open secular society, even though they were the, yeah. 
you know, even though they were the harshest against state church and state involvement in religion, they, I mean, it's so beyond the horizons of their paradigm. So even the SBC Baptists who are freaking out about this, they need to realize that like, you know, for goodness sake, you know, John Owen was a companion with Oliver Cromwell, you know, and, yeah. you know, the, pro, you know, the, the, you know, so the, I mean, just people need to go back and read the history again. And secular liberalism has never been the ideal in any political epoch, in, in any theological epoch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This, this is a good comment. I think we can all agree. The most important thing is to prove James Lindsay wrong and claim the term, even if it defies uh, precision and hundred percent. Yeah. I yeah. think that's, I think that's absolutely true. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I look at it and it, it is, um, it, again, like going back to like 20, early 2021, 2022, when the media, um, is, attacking Christian nationalism and really all, all they're doing is, is trying to make a scary term to lump, to, to treat uh, conservative evangelical Christians as terrorists, right? They, mm -hmm. they want, they want this scary term and you, you're able to immediately rehabilitate it and say, well, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with Christians who want a Christian America. And, and I, I think it was a massive failure for them actually. Like they're still trying to do it. Like the, like, Mike Johnson is a Southern Baptist and uh, uh, elected Speaker of the House, and like he's a Christian nationalist. He doesn't believe in evolution. This is terrifying, you know. And, it, and, it, and it's like, well, yeah. he's pretty much just a regular boilerplate Republican. Um, yeah. There's nothing necessarily special about him. He's not. He's not tweeting about a Protestant Franco or something, right? Mm -hmm. um, he uh, he. So, but but they they do this because they want to. They want to create a. a a Christian scare, right. Uh, for all, all these people, that's what, that's what they do with like abortion in Ohio and, and other States is, Oh, they're going to come and make it like the handmaid's tale. Look out, you know? And so, but I think it's, it's, it's ultimately a failure. Uh, and what it is done is, is it's, um, you know, promoted guys like Steven and, and, you know, me and others to some extent, you and, and, and all of that, where people are listening to what we have to say because we're, we're standing in defense of, of Christians who care about politics and care, and care about, um, you know, the, the things happening and going on today and saying that that's okay. Like they're looking because no one else is defending them. Nobody, right. their own churches, their own pastors, they, they have no defense from anyone else, no one to give them like intellectual ammunition for these things. And, and so a lot of people are listening because um, they, they want someone to be in their corner. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so that's why it's growing. And it's they're not going to mere orthodoxy or davenant and saying, Oh yes, please tell me tell me how I'm I'm actually not a terrible person because I, I want America to be Christian and have Christian culture. Uh, they're not going to them for that because they 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 think they're dirty, filthy, hillbilly people, right? Uh, that vote for Donald Trump, not less like us urbane cosmopolitan uh, uh, think thinkers and influencers. Um, Right. That's that's how they treat, you know, your your mega Republican Christian voter. And mm -hmm. um, and so I think it, what it what it's done is it's it's allowed. Yeah. Allowed guys like Stephen and others to uh, re-energize so many people and give them a very firm footing upon which to stand that did not exist, you know, five years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. So and, and, and it's going to continue to grow. Right. It's going to continue to expand like Stephen's writing more stuff. People are putting out more more things. Uh, we're doing this, um, many others, and 
And so I'm, you know, uh, I don't know, CJ, are you white pilled? Uh, are you, are you, are you white pilled today? <laughs> no, I, I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> uh, I thought I could do it. Sorry, guys. I thought I no. could, I thought I could get him today. Uh, optimism <laughs> is still cowardice. Uh, so, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I checked in on my sources and optimism is still cowardice. <laughs> Oh, well, excellent. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's been great. But uh, I will, I will say this, terrible. I will say this though, like, um, you know, even if I am black pill, even if that's a meme, uh, about me, um, I, I will say that, um, despair is, is sinful and having joy in the midst of a fight is, is one of the greatest honors that we have as Christians. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, it is, uh, the uh it's like the chesterton quote i think it's chesterton you know that uh the one the one picture of of uh you know heaven on earth that man has is to fight a losing battle and not Mm -hmm. lose Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like that's the spirit of of what we're doing what we think that of of contramundum i mean why we titled the show what we do is to fight against the entire world and they're entirely against you and it looks like it's doomed and there's no hope and you, you win, right? You yeah. still win. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I think that that's what I'm looking for. We're, we are going to win. Uh, we are going to win. Uh, don't listen to CJ. <laughs> we are going to win. Uh, don't despair. Uh, it's not over. We're back. Let's go. <laughs> uh, any, yeah, any, we're any, back. anything else, uh, anything else, anything else, CJ? Uh, no, let's see. Um, I like this. I just, I like this quote that you put up though, that Davenant will tell you it's okay to want a Christian nation on page 1157 of their tome in Latin, but then they'll spend 500 more pages qualifying what they mean. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's, that's just it. It's, it's like you, the devil's in the details and they, they try to bury the lead and everything they do and nuance everything to death rather than just saying something outright and boldly. And, and then, letting yeah. the chips fall where they may. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's just, um, uh, their, their disposition of, of, of who they are as you know, intellectuals and, 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 and so forth. Like that, that's not a, a, a bag that or a, a club that's in their bag, right? They, they can't just say, this is what I think. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you figure out the details later. They, they can't do that. They're terrified of ever doing that because I might be misunderstood and it's you, it's not you can't divorce it from our present reality, our present circumstances of this this massive totalitarian regime that will destroy your life if they can mm-hmm. label you as a bad person. So they're terrified of that, right? They're so yeah. afraid of that, and that's why they do this, right? Is it, and that's why it appears to be an intellectual exercise uh, for them. So right. um, yeah, and. Anything else uh, before before we get going? Okay, what how about like you, you're back doing chronicles uh, with uh, with Doctor uh, Gottfried, um, and uh, yeah, that's what, it. Yeah, what, uh, you, posted, you posted some stuff on on the stack of subs uh, lately. I did. What yeah, the- I, I, wrote, I wrote an essay, um, just a general essay on on his like just reorienting myself and writing again and i got some more essays coming out this weekend too so you can go check that yeah, out when is when is that lutheran or that the one on luther and the one that you promised last week uh yeah probably no probably tuesday yeah probably tuesday or so so okay 
Excellent. Let's see. I'll try to put, turn my camera on and not destroy the stream here so I can say goodbye to everyone. Uh, yeah, there I am. My face right up in the thing. Um, the uh, uh, For me, I just, I've just published an article on Gab News uh, about the Ohio um, election results um, and, and what it means and what it means for the pro-life movement and, and, and how we should think about you know, politic, pro-life politics in general. Um, and so, yeah, go ahead and check that out at, at news.gab.com. Hopefully everyone uh, likes it, gets something out of it. And uh, uh, that's all I have. Uh, anything else, uh, CJ? Any final, last word to you because your internet's better. <laughs> that's it. Nope. Thanks, everyone, for watching, and we'll see you next <laughs> week. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay dangerous. We're going to win.